Hello again, and welcome to Faith, Family, and Politics. I'm your host, Joshua Cummins. And we're going to have a really big show today. Yeah, we are. Yes. <laughs> this is a little little different where you got, got going this week, don't we, Lou? Yeah. We've got a monitor in here, and uh, we're doing without headphones. So for those of you who are watching us on video, you'll see that we don't have headphones this week. So if the audio is a little wonky, do comment and let us know. Um, we're just we're trying something and seeing if it works. And y'all get to be the guinea pigs of listening out there. So um, if this doesn't come out too well, let us know. You know, we, we need to know. Anyhow, the guy that told us we're going to have a really big show, that's our good friend, Louis Rodriguez. He's the Hi. host of Rodriguez Rants. Uh, thank if you, you for having me, guys. Yeah, thank you for being here. And if you guys haven't already noticed, there was a new episode out this week. And uh, you guys aren't watching as much as you usually do. So what's going on with that? You guys need to get over there and watch that. Because um, I know that you're already subscribed to Revolver Broadcasting over here on YouTube or Rumble or you're following us on Facebook, uh, make sure that you're also, uh, anywhere you download your audio podcast, you can get this as well. Um, make sure that you're sharing, because sharing is caring. I guess Ryan doesn't know that <laughs> that button. Uh, and then, uh, you know, make sure that you like, and comment, 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 comment. Um, <laughs> it's if a little bit comment, too. we'll send you a Trump flag. <laughs> don't give them that. Don't give them that. <laughs> then they'll, they'll don't want it. <laughs> that is false advertisement. I do. <laughs> you could just get a traveling Trump flag where every time somebody else comments, you have the person you last sent it to send it to the new person. Mm-hmm. So then within a week, you have the same flag hitting like you know, <laughs> three neighborhoods. So yeah, no, no, no Trump flag. Just if you comment, just but, uh, just you know, pass it on and return it. We'll put the graphic up as an overlay if you comment. How about that? There we'll put the go. graphic up uh, on, <laughs> on, on next week's episode if if you comment. Um, anyhow, across from <laughs> now that those bills are paid and we've had a, we've had some fun with Louie here, across from him, we have the perfect producer. He's hanging out with us again in studio, Sterling Metcalf Allen. Oh, yeah. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, sir. No problem. No problem. Uh, we had a few... few uh, seat switches and and thank you for standing up uh, or sitting down as it were uh, and joining us uh, on this side of the camera and uh even though they won't be able to hear him on the audio side uh, of things uh thank you uh young mr ryan for hopping into the producer's booth uh once again to help us out he's the it, man it's really appreciated if i can get a thumbs up i'll know that you heard me oh, yeah, cool <laughs> <laughs> for those audio listeners he gave it a thumbs up uh <laughs> And then uh, the guy that bringing bringing the message this week, uh, he's been on here a few times, and I always got a really good response. We, we like to call him the Golden Voice, Don Martyr. That's right. Thank you guys so much for having me again. I'm really excited to be here, and I will, uh, Sterling. I promise I will do my best to not hit your microphone again, so that you don't get knocked unconscious while we're talking. <laughs> it's okay. I doubt they'll even notice. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, during a, during a little bit of our uh, uh, run throughs, we're trying to get this show going uh, an accident happened where sterling's head nearly got uh come i got off. Yeah. i got excited and then a lot of makeup yeah so it's fine. <laughs> covered it up yeah that's used right. a little bit of laura's cover up on you that's right uh, you might see it in the blooper <laughs> <laughs> only if you're a rumble uh user only if you're rumble because uh, that's where we do all our exclusives our, any of our blooper reels we put everything on, on our little blooper, blooper reels are on rumble so you have to be following us and subscribe on rumble to see those uh, rumble exclusives so make sure you're going over there and checking those out okay don uh you got a very interesting message yes uh, to yeah, start off with this week absolutely well um a couple of months ago i got a chance to uh, be on the show 
uh, with you guys, and we uh, we were talking about a very different subject matter, but during our conversation, uh, a couple of things that I am very personally interested in uh, came up, and so um, I am sure this will just be a part one of our discussion uh, in these sorts of phenomenon, but uh, I'm actually really excited to get into this. This is a discussion topic that I have with a lot of people um, pretty much everywhere. I've talked to people at work about it. I've talked to people at church about it or just having a discussion in the living room about it. So I'm kind of excited to hear what you guys think and uh, just kind of see uh, what sort of what where we're going to go with with this subject matter. So. All right, uh, Ryan, you want to throw up that graphic for us, and uh, you know, we'll get that title. Uh, read that off for us, Don. The Truth is Out There, Part 1. Because we're doing another series. That's right. You're welcome. That's right. <laughs> a sequel. We've to start like a subscription fee. As long as I get to be Scully. <laughs> that's all that matters. Um, so before we get into the message, uh, I'm going to go ahead and open in prayer like we normally do. And then we'll, uh, have a really interesting discussion. Very, a very big show today. That's right. Very big show. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Father God, we just thank you so much for the opportunity to come together, Lord, and, and to just, uh, examine your word and, uh, to plant new seed, Lord God, and to, um, just allow our, our hearts and our minds to really search for your truth and, uh, to have an eye of discernment, Lord God. We ask that you would just continue to be glorified by our conversations, continue to allow us to be the iron sharpening iron with one another. Uh, Lord God, for any of our viewers or listeners, Lord, that you would uh, just continue to have your hand of blessing over them as you have your hand of blessing over us. Continue to provide for them, Lord God. We also lift up, uh, Lord God, your people in Israel, Lord, that you would have your hand over them, over those families, Lord God, that you would just continue uh, to give them strength, Lord God, to allow them to have everything that they need in order to be successful. Uh, Father God, to defend themselves, to defend their country, to defend their lives. Lord God, we thank you so much for the people of Israel, and we thank you so much uh, that they are uh, your chosen people, Lord God, and that uh, that you are eventually going to be calling us uh, into uh, a huge family, Lord God, and that they will be uh, massively included in that. We ask that you would just continue to keep them safe, Lord. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, and I can honestly say that had we not already talked about this, that's probably where my subject matter would have gone today. So uh, <laughs> I thought about deviating slightly, but I but I am very passionate about this. So, um, so uh, you know, good evening, everybody. And uh, I just wanted to... Or whatever time you're watching. That's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because I always forget. We're time travelers. Um, so, yeah. Whatever. Marty, what? we've got to go back Whoa. to the future. <laughs> That's right. Um, so this is a subject that I'm very interested in. So uh, without too much more hesitation, I want to talk to you guys about Nephilim. Now, um, a couple of months ago, uh, we had brought up the idea of like um, UFOs and aliens and things like that. And I think eventually that's where this discussion is going to end up. But before we get there, I want to set a good baseline and foundation for for that eventual uh, finish line, if you will, uh, or at least progression point, if you will. So I guess before we get into this discussion, one thing that I want to make sure that we're all on the same page of 
is that we all understand that these subjects are always going to be a discussion of the supernatural. Uh, so if we all believe in the Word of God, we all believe in the Holy Spirit, we believe in resurrection, we believe in an afterlife, all of these things are supernatural things, right? Yeah. They're outside of our, our understanding, um, but if we, if we equip ourselves with the Holy Spirit, we equip ourselves with an eye of discernment uh, over the Word and over um, just really the evidence that has been provided to us through history, uh, whether it be uh, the telling of history or uh, the experiences that we have as individuals, there are a lot of things that we come across that we can probably describe as being supernatural in nature. And so it's with this discerning eye that I want to talk a little bit about Nephilim. Now, um, we'll get into kind of a discussion of, of what the Nephilim are and kind of what those definitions are Um so there are three points that I want to, or three questions that I want to ask in our discussion. Uh, the first question is, what and who are the Nephilim? Uh, the second is, where did they come from and where have they gone? And the third is, why is it even important for us to care about who the Nephilim are? Uh, so the first sighting that we see uh, of these creatures, of these Nephilims, um, or giants um, in the Bible, if you will, uh, is kind of the, the easiest or at least most simplistic um, example or definition of what we interpret them to be, right, is in Genesis. So in the book of Genesis, uh, the sixth chapter, starting in verse 1, and it kind of goes through, I think, verse 1 to verse 7 or so, because it's right after that, that, um, that, the Lord looks upon Noah with favor, and we talk about the great flood, and that all actually ties into this subject matter. Uh, and what's interesting is there are lots of different ideas. There's lots of different interpretations of Scripture, and what I want to do is I want to focus on the actual biblical evidence that we have because there's lots of people that will talk about Nephilim or giants fallen angels, things like that in the Apocrypha, which is uh, like the book of Enoch and things like that where uh, that people will refer back to. I don't want to do that, one, because I'm not studied up on that material uh, in my own personal experience. So I don't want to bring sources out that I don't know a whole lot about. Yeah. Um, and second, because if we are to regard the Word of God as the living, breathing Word, that it's going to be true from Genesis to Revelation, then it's really that source that we want to use as our foundation of understanding anyway. And then if we're using that as our lens of discernment for any other source that may come, it will allow us as we take each step to connect dots or discard things that make no sense, right? So it's kind of like when you build a house, we want to build a good foundation of understanding and then we put the studs up and then from that, we can start building that house. Further grading your discernment. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's kind of the approach that I'm going to take in this is just using those biblical references that I know, uh, whether it be through my research or just through my own study, um, so that we can really get a good biblical handle on it, and then we can kind of open up to different ideas and discussions. So uh, in Genesis uh, chapter 6, verses 1 through 5, uh, and 
let me go ahead and pull that up real quick. And by the way, uh, I did use a decent amount of source material. I want to give credit to uh, this guy's name is uh, Daniel Meritz. I think he's South African. I don't know if he produces in South Africa and then just publishes his videos on YouTube or if he lives here in the States. But his channel is called DLM Christian Lifestyle. Uh, and he and I actually have a lot of things in common when it comes to our opinions of like the Nephilim and and kind of where they come from. So maybe I we just, can con- contact him and get him on here. Yeah, that would be cur- that would be really cool. Daniel Meritz, M A R I T Z, and his channel is DLM Christian Lifestyle. Um, is that so? I'm just gonna pull up real quick. Genesis. I was looking in Revelations earlier for uh, some fun references too. But all right, so this says. When human beings began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful, and they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not condemn, I'm sorry, my spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be numbered a hundred and twenty years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward. When the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children by them, they were the heroes of old and the men of renown. And then it's after that that the Lord decides that he regrets even creating human uh, kind, and he's going to wash them away in a great flood. And then he looks upon Noah with favor, and that's where you get the great flood story in the Bible, in Genesis. So that's Genesis 6. So, um, So the... The first thing I want to bring up, so um, this introduction, it gives us a strong foundation to begin our discussion. These verses give uh, two different examples, and throughout the Bible we have several other specific examples of Nephilim in the Old Testament. So Nephilim are defined as the offspring of the sons of God and the daughters of human or man. The other definition of these being heroes of old and men of renown. Uh, So what are the sons of God, right? Because in order for us to understand what Nephilim are, we kind of have to know where their source comes from, right? So when we look in Job chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, it says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came along with them. The Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? And Satan answered the Lord and said, from roaming about the earth and walking around on it. So to me, if we're standing before, if if the vision that we have is we're standing before the throne of the Lord, we're standing before the Lord, and among us is Satan, and he's just walking freely among us, the Lord can see Satan, and so can everyone who is in the audience of the Lord, right? So to me, what that means is it's most likely a choir of angels, Right or a group of angels that are standing before the Lord for His examination, for His you know for Him giving them orders or what they're going to do, and He recognizes that Satan is there, and of course, the Lord, being all knowing and all seeing, He knows where Satan has been. He cast him out of heaven when he rebelled with a third of the angels. But part of me thinks that. The reason that the Lord, and this is this is a, just a very short kind of side note, part of me believes that the reason that the Lord even brings up where have you been is because he's reminding 
the angels that are there around him where Satan has been. And to me, the next part of that is to say that if potentially, obviously these are hypothetical things because we can't see the court of angels, right? We're not in paradise yet. Um, So obviously we'll have a lot more clarity in eternity. But to me, what that says is if those angels didn't see Satan or maybe they couldn't see Satan or maybe they just didn't know where he was, that um, part of the reason, uh, part of the reason that God is bringing up where Satan has been or allowing Satan to answer that is because these angels can't see, their vision does not penetrate through that heavenly realm onto the earthly realm, right? Because it's only after Satan has been thrown down that he's able to enter into the garden on earth, right? And it's only through being sent out by the Lord, that the messengers can come and fulfill whatever that calling is. Now, again, these are all hypothetical questions, right? We yeah. don't really know. Just just for discussion's sake. Just yeah. for discussion's sake. Um, so, uh, if that's true, and if the angels at the throne of God uh, are being reminded that Satan's on earth, uh, they must not be able to access, the, so those angels who are on earth must not be able to access the heavenly realm. Now, I have no idea why Satan would have the opportunity to stand in the court of the Lord, but these other angels weren't unless it was because of the rank that he held when he was in heaven or if the Lord just allowed him access because of the trials that Job was getting ready to go through, right? Um, Because it's through those trials that Job has an interaction with God and then, you know, read Job. It's a great book. It's really good, especially if you're looking for some inspiration to constantly be pursuing the Lord even in the hardest times. Fantastic book. But Job also gives us a couple of really great examples of what those sons of God are. Uh, And what I think they are is fallen angels, right? And that's actually uh, Daniel Meritz um, from that DLM Christian lifestyle. That's how he starts his statement off is to say that, in his opinion, the sons of God are fallen angels. Uh, And so... Then you have you have this picture of these fallen angels coming together with daughters of men and then having these children, which would be these these mighty men of God, the or these mighty these mighty heroes, excuse me, men of renown, uh, and these uh, heroes of old, right? So to sum up my thoughts on the origin of the story of the Nephilim, uh, what seems most logical is angels that had been cast out of heaven by God, lusted after the daughters of man, and an effort to both procreate and potentially wipe out the human race that God had created off of the earth, or at least corrupt them both spiritually and physically. They took the daughters of man as their wives. Now after that, it calls their offspring Nephilim, heroes of old and men of renown. Kind of creating them in their image. Right, right. Well, and... And what do we know about Satan, right? And if if Satan had, or if a third of the angels fell with Satan, they probably would have had very similar characteristics to him, right? So what do we know about Satan? Well, when Satan was in the garden, what allowed him to get one over on Adam and Eve was that he used divisive language, right? He didn't bring up anything that had not already been brought up. It wasn't 
this idea of a tree in the garden that they had never been familiarized with, mm -hmm. right? These were things that they were familiar with, and all he did was just turn it 45 degrees. Yeah, he asked why. He asked why. Yeah. Right, and he, and he also, he asked why in a way to say, why wouldn't God want you to have this? Question. Right. Yeah. And now she's thinking, why wouldn't God want? Well, the, the answer is God doesn't want you to not have that, right? He doesn't want you to not have knowledge, mm -hmm. right? He doesn't want you to not have these things. However, God also has rules in which he is structuring our lives by, and when we go against those rules, that's sin, right? When we go against that structure, mm -hmm. that's, that's sin. Um, and so uh, I, having watched a lot of different videos and going through uh, a lot of different uh, opinions of people, a lot of people, um, they really hang on the idea, and I agree, um, especially just because of the words of, you know, um, Genesis 6, 7 through, you know, up until he decides he's going to destroy the world because of the wickedness of the world and that, that the hearts of humans had literally just fallen into corruption uh, and wickedness. Um, that... You know, at this point, humanity has just forgotten our relationship altogether, you know, or that even if we hadn't forgotten it, it just doesn't matter anymore, right? Because now we walk amongst these gods who walk with us, right? These gods who are present with us. And so, um, uh, okay, so, so what I want to jump back to, because I'm going to put a pin in that, because that is... That, that is something that will come up later as well. Um, so to dissect the second title that we get, right? Uh, uh, heroes of old and men of renown, right? So when I think of heroes of old, when I think of men of renown, I think of these legendary heroes, right? Um, and I, I love history and I... Growing up and getting into like seventh and eighth grade, I loved Greek mythology, and two of my favorite men of renown, my favorite heroes of old, right, Hercules and Achilles. No sense, So, so those two heroes of Greek mythology, you know, and then you have like Perseus and the um, Clash of the Titans, and like all of these, the the Trojan War and stuff. Like, those two characters have always stood out. When I've read that, and I think heroes of old, men of renown, I think of those two heroes first, right? And what's interesting about those two characters in history, uh, in mythology, whatever you want to call it, you know? Um, so... Both of these characters, uh, not only has their legacy had incredible longevity, right? You're talking thousands of years ago that these characters would have lived, right? But they also had superhuman qualities, right? When we think about Hercules, we think about super strength. We think about super athleticism, right? Yeah. When we think about Achilles, he was, uh, he was known to have, like, just this crazy uh, combat skill, right? So what's interesting is Hercules, superhuman strength, 
in the actual uh, Greek mythological tradition, um, he was the son of Zeus. Uh, his mother was uh, Alcmene, I believe is how you pronounce it, Alcmene, um, who was uh, a mortal woman and a princess, right? Zeus disguised himself as her husband, laid with her, and then had, she had Hercules, right? Yeah. Uh, or Heracles, depending on which hero of folklore you're, you know, one is Greek, one is, uh, I think in Roman, uh, I think is, is uh, or just the, a different pronunciation for Hercules is Heracles. Both of, uh, you know, that character was someone that Homer talked about, right? It was someone that was fabled in the Greek mythology of fighting the Hydra and like all of these different, different, uh, the Nissian lion, I think is one of his mm -hmm. uh, conquests as well. Uh, so just this man of incredible strength, right? Father was a God, mother was a mortal woman, right? Then you have Achilles. Achilles was at first, before I looked into a lot of his background, I was like, well, all I remember about Achilles is that like his mother dipped her in the river. Was it the river Styx? But the only thing that didn't get dipped was his ankle because she held him by his ankle, right? And I'm thinking, okay, well, that doesn't really make him much of anything other than just like this hero. That's well, and then what I made him the weakest. Yeah, and what's interesting is then I went in and I started looking at who his fabled mother was, who his father was. So Achilles, uh, another hero of ancient times, was said to have fought with the skill and veracity of a god. His father, Peleus was the king of the Myrmidons of, uh, I think it's pronounced Thes Thessaly, or Thessaly, maybe? Thessaly, probably. It sounds right. Yeah. Um, his father, Peleus, is the son of Zeus, which I thought was great. I was like, okay, son of Zeus. Achilles' mother was uh, uh, supposedly a sea nymph uh, and the daughter of a sea god named Nurseus or Nereus. And so I was like, okay, so you've got this demigod-like character in Achilles. And sure, you know, maybe mom was like, yeah, I dipped him into the waters of the river Styx, and that's why he's so mighty. Achilles is that, uh, uh, the reason they named him Achilles because that was his weakness. Yeah, yeah, exactly that, exactly that. And and the story is supposed that when she dipped him into the river Styx, she held him by his Keep feet. Yeah. And so that was the only thing that didn't touch the river Styx, which is why he was supposedly, like, invincible, right? He could, he could fight like a god. He could take damage like no one that they'd ever seen. And then when Paris shoots him during the Battle of Troy... He shoots him in the ankle first, but he shoots him with poison arrows. Mm. And so it's really his succumbing to that poison that ultimately kills him. Kills him. Yeah. yeah. But it's interesting because we're talking about these characters of mythology. We're talking about these characters of folklore. But if we're being true, right, if we know that when we think of these characters of history, the first thing uh, that we may think, you know, just being silly, but, like, when we think about Achilles, like, we think about the Greek myth, but, you know, most people think of, like, Brad Pitt, 
right? And Sean <laughs> and Sean Sean Bean John playing uh, Odysseus, right? You know, yeah. where you think of a Disney movie where you know Danny DeVito plays a satyr who's his fitness coach. But what's funny about that is we downplay that, right? Because we're just like, yeah, these are fantastical characters. But it's like if we're if we're really taking the word for what it is. We're talking about real people, right? Because Troy really exists. Like, they have found ruins of them. And it's been rebuilt and rebuilt and torn down and torn down and rebuilt and rebuilt. So the city of Troy really exists. If the city of Troy really exists and the word of God really exists, and we know the things in the word are true, then could these things not also be true? Could these people not also have lived and died? And perhaps, you know, if we're talking about that era, right, we're talking about probably before or even if it's after that great flood. You're talking about people who were not immortal. They, were, they had mortal lives. Mm-hmm. Goliath had a mortal life that was taken from him. Yeah. Right? So they're not invincible characters from some, like, Saturday morning cartoon or from a comic strip. Like, we're talking about flesh and blood here. Um, what's interesting, and on a side note, I didn't put this in here, but... Um, I did find it interesting that I have heard some people say um, that they believe, I'm not saying that I necessarily believe this, but that they believe that the spirits that would become demonic possessing spirits were actually the souls of these Nephilim because they were rejected from eternity in the kingdom. Because they're so angelic. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, that ties they, right into yeah. last week's episode. Yeah, so... The mission of, <clears throat> mission of the uh, Fallen with uh, Sterling brought the message last week, and it's, it's his second part of his uh, Demon series. There you go. Well, apparently yeah. I'm at part one, but also part two Dang. of Sterling. It, it, all, goes it all ties together. That's it. Yeah. Well, I always tell Josh, it's like the easiest way to hide something is in plain sight, and so like you just get right. tuned to it. Yeah. Yeah. So well, and, and how many times... Do we in real life, you know, in our, in our, not to say that this isn't real life, but in our normal life, I should say, something is offensive, something is offensive, something is offensive, something's offensive. Oh, look, it doesn't really matter anymore. It's not offensive. It's yeah. not offensive anymore. Now, all of a sudden, now, supporting it. something is pop culture, something uh-huh. is pop culture, something is pop culture, and then it just becomes mundane, right? And yeah. we allow it to just slip into the everyday yeah. instead of making an exception for it or instead of recognizing it as what it is. And so... Yeah, but I, th- that's a perfect example of, of what these things are. And and we've had thousands and thousands of years to allow these things to really just become, you know, a story. Like like just fairy tales and stories, right? Or normal. Yeah, like or people, normal. People are yeah. identifying or, or, as anything and everything today. So. Or, we turn it in, <laughs> or we turn it into a comic yeah. book. Yeah. Right. We turn it in. Oh, well, what would it, it be so cool to have superpowers? Or you, the mother turns it into scaring kids. The monster's right. gonna get you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and it doesn't take long for for humans to forget because it only takes a generation. Yeah. To to yeah. completely forget. Yeah. I don't remember. Forget. I don't remember who said it, but you just reminded me of a quote that says we're we're only ever one generation away from from losing the church. Yeah, yeah, and it's the same with everything. I mean, it's the it's, same with everything. You're absolutely yeah, I, right. I mean, history. We used to have flip I mean, phones, Josh. It always repeats <laughs> itself <laughs> to the young people out there because this this is this is how this is how yep. uh, quickly it changes. And see that that's the generation that the phones used to open like a book. Yep. A book is a thing filled with pages. <laughs> 
right. And we used to have <laughs> pieces of paper. Internet. Yeah, yeah. And pagers. Well, and then it became. We had to explain radio. those things too. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. The scripture says, "There are many raise your children." Yeah, the way they should go. So, yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, so um, <laughs> music used to come on circles made of vinyl. <laughs> that's right. And before that, before that, they were metal, and they were on a phonograph. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's young people going. And before that, what is you, had, you, you had a bunch of instruments in a room. Around a campfire. <laughs> Around a campfire. That's right. That's right. Okay. Uh, so so now that we've gone that far, right, let's the, talk about... The cavemen were hitting bones together. That's right. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. That'll be in part two. I have... Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Louis giving you a, a, an unbeknownst preview of where I'm going to go. <laughs> Stick in around. Two. That's right. Um, okay, so now let's talk about biblical examples, right? We've talked about Hercules. We've talked about uh, Achilles. These are figures of uh, Greek mythology. Whether they are real people or not, we're not sure. But that's who I think of when I think of like these these heroes, right? So um, in the book of Exodus, before we talk about like. Giants that are in the book of Samuel, or First Samuel, giants that are in the book of Chronicles, uh, First Chronicles, sorry. Um, we can go all the way back to Exodus, right? Moses sends out 12 people into the land of Canaan to scout. The Lord is giving them this land. He's sending these 12 in to scout. Uh, personally, my opinion, Moses should have just taken everybody and gone right in. Mm. My opinion. I, you know, Joshua was one of those 12, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, because he was Joshua the, and Caleb. Yeah, yeah. so so the twelve go out into the land of Canaan. They scout out there for a while. They come back, right? They have all of these incredible things. These, you know, huge grapevines and all kinds of crazy stuff going on, right? And then ten out of the twelve go to Moses and the council, and they say there are giants in that land, and they are so huge that we're just nothing but grasshoppers to them, right? So part of that. Is probably fear of what they're getting ready to walk into. Mm-hmm. That's probably that's probably one big part of their over exaggeration. The Shaking other in part, their sandals, though, right? The other part is that there were literally giants in that. Because if you just mm-hmm. read into, we talked about that last yeah, week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When you're when you're looking at what they were getting ready to come up against. The idea that you're getting ready to walk in there and you've got people who are seven, eight, nine, ten feet tall. Yeah, look at you and go, anybody want a peanut? Right, absolutely. That's <laughs> right. Be great basketball and choke players. slam you from the top rope through the cage. That's right. Uh, that's great right. Basketball players. That yep. would be. That's true. Uh, but then you had these two guys, Joshua and Caleb, right? Uh, and they know that all they need is the Lord on their side. And as soon as they walk in there, I mean, when, when Joshua walks in with Caleb after that first generation out of Egypt dies, first city they come upon is Jericho. And they didn't have to do anything to see the walls of that city fall besides be obedient to the Lord. You Was know? it a horn that brought it down? Yeah, they walked around it. They walked around it seven times, or they walked around it for seven days. On the seventh day, they walked around it seven times, and then they all stood around the city, and they blew a horn, and they shouted as loud as they could, and the walls fell in. I know a little bit about the Bible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Good work, Lou. So in 1 Samuel 17, right? So we talked about a bunch of these different characters, but in 1 Samuel 17, probably the most well-known of the Nephilim is Goliath. 
right? Uh, this guy is four cubit or six cubits, six cubits tall, which is equivalent to about nine, ten feet tall. Uh, the armor he wears, he wears a, a, a bronze helmet. Uh, the armor he wears is made of metal. It probably weighs somewhere between 150 and 175 pounds. His armor weighs what David weighs. <laughs> because David's just, he's a shepherd boy, right? I mean, he's probably a teenager. But he's, he you know, that time, the diet, the work, how how agile you had to be. Like, those guys were not heavy set guys by any means, you know, especially not that age. You know, he's out in the field working those sheep, killing lions, killing bears. They were a lot more healthy than we are right. now. Everything that they ate, you know, they didn't have to worry about GMOs. They didn't have to worry mm-hmm. about, you know. They was corn fed. They was corn fed. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, and he takes five smooth stones that he pulled out of a river, one sling, no armor. He stands in front of this nine, ten foot tall guy who's clad in armor. And with the power of the Lord, he puts him down with one stone. And what's interesting is I have also heard people say the reason he grabbed five stones is because Goliath has four brothers. And he was ready to take out every one of them. Yeah, and Goliath was Mm -hmm. the smallest of them. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And so, uh, which is crazy to think, like this guy's walking around with the weaver's rod as his staff. The huge bronze spearhead on it, you know, talking about come out here and I'm going to, you know, I'm basically going to eat your flesh, which is, you know, something else that these Nephilim were famed to be, which was cannibalistic. You know, I'm going to kill you like a dog and I'm going to eat your flesh. And he puts him down with one stone, cuts his own head, cuts his head off with his own sword. Like, you know, this is crazy. You you know what he named that stone, don't you? What's that? Juan. Because it only took Juan to take him down. <laughs> wow. Wow. That hurts. It does. You're it welcome. Does. Yep. <laughs> My goodness. All right. So so what's interesting about Goliath, right? Um, and Sterling and I were talking a little bit about it before. Is Goliath had siblings. Mm-hmm. You know, he has his, his father. Um, uh, but... Uh, there, there are actually quite a few named giants, named Nephilim in uh, the Old Testament, uh, specifically in like the Book of First Chronicles. So, um, you've got Og, the king of Bashan. Uh, you've got Sippai. Uh, you've got Lami, who is one of Goliath's brothers. Uh, there is Cyclops. Wasn't Cyclops in there too? Uh, not well. Not in. There's no reference to that in. In First Chronicles, but I know where you're going with that. I know where you're going with that. Um, and then there's um, in in First Chronicles there is a giant. They don't. I didn't see the name in my translation. I don't know if he's named, but he's an Egyptian giant. He's slayed by uh, Benaiah, who is the son of Jehoiada. Um, but it's in I think it's First Chronicles. I forgot to write it down. I think it's First Chronicles twenty four. I'll look it up though. Um, so that we got it in the notes, but so there are these there are these giants that are walking in this land still, even after the flood, after Joshua, during the king of David or during King David's time, um, and it's just incredible that that they continue to show up th- 
throughout history, right? Even after this flood. What's really interesting, I'm <clears throat> in a, in addition to doing kind of a deep dive on like the Nephilim and the history of the Nephilim, um, I've also really gotten into, uh, and again, this will probably be something I touch on a little bit because of where this is all going, uh, but I've been doing a lot of uh, my own research on like ancient civilizations and landmarks and things like that and like asking questions of how come you can find pyramids on every country and every or every I've continent. I've been doing a lot of that and, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's really, it's really cool because I think it's all, I think truly it all does come back to like the Tower of Babel and us all having a culture that was at one time based on one civilization and then the Lord saying, no, that's not, we're not going to do this. We're not, you're not obeying, you're not listening. We're going to, I'm going to make you all start speaking weird languages that you don't all understand with one another and you're going to split up, right? Um, which is where I think a lot of cross-culture things, you know, we, Louis was kind of joking around about cavemen banging on stuff with bones and stuff, but I was actually just having a conversation with my stepdad the other day about how it's so crazy to me that you can look at cultures like um, like uh, native indigenous cultures in the Americas and then you look at cultures in Europe and then you look at cultures in Africa, they all have drums. They all have some form of bread. You know, they all have these different landmarks that they share, you know, and it's just, uh, it's, they all have folklore of dragons, uh, hint, hint. Um, so yeah, <laughs> you know, there, there are these, <laughs> you different thing, smile. <laughs> yeah, there are these different things that, that link all of these, different cultures. And what's interesting is that actually gets to my last question, right? Before go ahead, Louis. There, go for it. At that time, there was a lot of people that traveled into different cultures. Absolutely. And, and brought in their own trades and what they knew and their bread and all this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what's interesting about that is like whether, so I asked my kids a question the other day, just cause I wanted to see what they would say. And, and, my eldest had a very interesting response. Um, but I said, do you believe that at one time we all lived on a supercontinent like Pangea? And he was like, well, I think that if you look at how we all have kind of similar roots, right? That we all, like if Adam and Eve is true, we all started in one central location in the garden. And then we came from, you know, uh, Cain and Seth and like then broke down our lineage from there. It makes sense if we all started in, especially when you're talking about like the tower of Babel and how that impacted us and things like that. Um, so that was an interesting conversation. Cause then I said like, to some extent, I think that there was at one point when we all lived as one people, as yes. one culture. Uh, and then post flood, I truly believe that, the earth, the face of the earth that we can see today from outer space looks very different than what it would have looked like upon creation. And again, I'll go into more of that when we get a chance to talk about some of those cross-culture things. Because um, there's a couple of sources that I'm going to look up in the meantime that uh, uh, will add some validity to that to that idea. But... Um, could I add something? Yeah. It's true. There were people all together at one time. Mm -hmm. 
until they decided to become powerful and decided to send an arrow up there to kill God. And that's when God got mad and separated all of them, sent them into different directions mm-hmm. and learned and made them learn different languages. Right, right. So they won't get back together again. Right. Yeah. But it's interesting, too, because if you look at, like, if you look at ancient, like, truly ancient early civilizations across the world, there are so many civilizations that all start with kind of the same first steps. Mm-hmm. And then it's not long after those first steps that things start to become unique, right? Based on resources, based on climate, based on tradition, based on, you know, tribalism, whatever that may be, right? Um, and that's the kind of stuff, as somebody who really loves being around people and learning about um, different ideas and things like that, that's really the things that, that interest me about, like, why why is it that you go to Italy and they got 29,000 different types of pasta, and then you go to China, <laughs> and they have 29,000 other types of pasta, mm-hmm. and then you go to Thailand, which is not very far from China, and they also have 29,000 different types of pasta. You know what I mean? And, and just, like, how it's it's silly. It's a silly question, and it's meant to be silly, but it's also meant to address a greater question, which was, at one time... Where was the first pasta? You know, <laughs> yeah. where was oh, the man. first was it in Italy? family dinner? <laughs> right. Well, right. What will really bake your noodle later is... Uh, I like noodle. what you did there. I like <laughs> what you. you did there. A uh, conversation that Sterling and I were having with a guy at church the other day about um, the placement of Pan- well, Pangea at the beginning, and the, uh, yeah. you know, potentially, right? And then... But he, he he posed a question. He's like, well, if that if that were true, and the, like, the construction of the pyramids were during that potentially during that time, why, why are they still aligned with the, uh, with the stars mm. uh, in their current placement? I'm like, Ooh, that's interesting too. Uh, and something to, the you Egyptians know, were pretty to really think about when it came to true. Yeah. learning it's about true. the stars. Well, if it was even the Egyptians, because uh, going back They're far enough, it might've been, could have been uh, Martians, but the Egyptians uh, were given also that knowledge to, Built those well, potentially because they, uh, yeah, we can get into, uh, into it in just a second, but uh, I want to let Don finish up. Oh, this. you're good, you're good, you're good. <laughs> okay, so we've talked about like who the Nephilim are, um, uh, you know, uh, like where they've come from, and so the last question that I that I want to pose is, you know, why is it even important for us to know, right? What, like, why do we even care about these Nephilim, right? So I have three. Quick sub points. The first one, um, there is a historical significance, right? So if we believe that the Bible is true, and I said this earlier, if we believe that the Bible is true, then the events and the places and the people of the Bible are also real, right? Theological archaeology is always discovering incredible things from Bible history and continues to confirm more and more of what the Bible says. Uh, I was just watching a video earlier today that was published in, like, April about, like, 10 of the most significant theological or yeah theological archaeological discoveries that they've made in like the last 10 years and it's it's crazy like the things that they're finding still that continue to corroborate the historical record of what the bible says is is incredible uh secondly uh it also shows us who our enemy truly is and the tactics that our enemy will use in order to destroy us or at minimum keep us separated from God, right? So if we think about 
the Nephilim, if we think about these fallen angels and we think about Satan, um, you know, the tempter and, and uh, the prince of lies, the prince of the air, um, the prince of this earth, when we think about him and we know that there will be, there is no measure that he will stop at in order to prevent us from connecting with God, right? Whether it be sending other angels to create this monstrous race of humanoids to physically wipe us out from the earth or to simply just tempt us with the things that we stumble on, you know, and prevent us from accepting Christ into our life or, you know, prevent us from living a long life and eventually making that decision. Um, we know what his tactics are, right? And thirdly, it also shows, and ultimately, what links the Lord will go in order to have a relationship with his creation. So not only did the Lord dismiss Satan and a third of the angels from heaven, from his kingdom, but he sent a worldwide flood to wash away the evil that had begun to corrupt man and eventually sent his son Jesus to wash away the sins of the world by dying on a cross. And he put forth the ultimate plan in order to secure an eternal relationship with us. So, if you are dealing with your metaphorical giants, if there are things that are confronting you, um, if there are things that are standing in your way of truly seeing the incredible joy that the Lord has in his heart for you, you can know that he sent his son, Jesus, to die on a cross for your sins, for those sins to be washed away, to be unrecognizable because of the blood of Christ. And all you have to do is accept Christ in your life. You accept him as your Lord and Savior. You accept that he died on a cross for those sins, that he was raised on the third day, that he's in the Lord's kingdom now preparing a place for you. It just takes acceptance and confession. Amen. That's all it takes. Repentance, you turn away from those sins. You find a church family, you get baptized. Those are all steps, right? But it's it truly begins with the decision to accept Christ into your life. And I just want to end with saying that that is my ultimate encouragement. It doesn't matter, ultimately, whether we talk about Nephilim or fallen angels or, you know, is the is the ark still on Mount Ararat or whatever, you know. <laughs> um Everything in the Bible points to Jesus. Past, present, and future points to Jesus. Whether you're looking in the book of Revelation when John wrote it and he nodded back to Jesus, whether you're reading through the book of Exodus and you're learning about Moses bringing the Egyptians out of bondage from slavery, all of those things point to Jesus. And so I want to encourage all of our viewers and all of our listeners um, that if you have not made that decision to accept Christ in your life, that that this can be a time to do that. If you want to, you know, Josh, I can promise you is not going to mind if you pause to, you know, have that time with the Lord and to just take him into your heart. Um, and honestly, if that's something that you want prayer about or you want help kind of walking through, let us know as well. Yeah. Because we would love to be able to reach out and to be an opportunity to connect with people who are seeking the Lord and seeking that 
that salvation and that decision. So yeah, find our Facebook page, yeah. message, message there. Um, you can go on our Instagram as well. If you got, if you got that, uh, we haven't got a Snapchat yet. I'm working on that. That's all right. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> Snapchat, man. I'll tell you the more I use it, the less I want to use yeah. social media. It may not be general. so lucky there, but if you, yeah. if you want to message us on one of those, uh, I check those, uh, all the time throughout the day. So yeah. Um, yes, Lou. I don't know if I should. Go for it. Well, God, Jesus, it's true that everything goes to God, Jesus because he came down here to save us. Mm-hmm. But it's because God told him all those things and told him to come down here and save us. And everything that Jesus knows because God told him what to say down here. So it goes from Jesus to God, no? Yeah, I mean, in the book of John, in the very beginning, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word came and dwelt among us, and that Word he's pointing to is Jesus. Yeah, and and that, you know, when he when Jesus talked to his apostles, and when Jesus talked to his disciples, and when Jesus talked to the Sadducees and the Pharisees, and when he talked to poor, broken, blind, crippled, paralytic, bleeding sinners, all of that. Talking, just continue to flow for Jesus, yeah. for God. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's it. That's we're, part we're, one. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, where are we at on time there, Goof? Well, I mean, how, how far? I mean, uh, what what is our time stamp here? <laughs> oh, so we, we skipped right over. So the, we're over. Yeah. All right. That's good. Yeah. It was a whole, it was a whole oh, hour. Almost. But yeah. I'm glad. I liked it, the story. <laughs> yeah. Well, I never saw, Thanks, we sir. never saw a, a symbol to, to wrap it up, but we're, we're having fun. Um, yeah. Sorry. Right. I understand. I understand. Josh doesn't call me the golden voice for nothing. So I can understand <laughs> you probably got sucked in and no, it's yeah, right. it sucked me in. Cause <laughs> I was enjoying the conversation. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Uh, I didn't mind it this time. There's a lot of stuff. A lot of the times, a lot of stuff in there. I wanted to say, but yeah, dude, we'll have to. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's all right. We can go into all of time. Hopefully, Alan's watching. We don't have because he hates olives. (laughs) (laughs) We we really don't have. I can't. I can't believe. I can't believe he hates olives. I I know it's so weird, isn't it? That's crazy. That's like Josh hating um, mayonnaise on his burger. Oh man, it's that's blasphemous. You don't put mayonnaise on a hamburger. That's not about hate. It's just mustard. It's just strong just dislike. Put some mustard. That's right. Mustard, ketchup, yeah. pickles. I love. I I love mayonnaise. <laughs> lettuce, tomato, onion, lettuce, tomato, onion. Put it on my, on my uh, hamburger. Peanut butter. Anything oh, but ma- anything man. but mayonnaise. Now you're talking my language. <laughs> I'm getting hungry. Peanut butter, avocados. <laughs> yep, man. I'm in. <laughs> but uh, go back to what you were talking about, Lou, with the uh, the pyramids. Yeah. So I was I've been watching some videos and reading some literature on that, and like going back and kind of studying like um, the creation of the pyramids. They're they're saying actually potentially predates the Egyptians uh, living in Egypt. Uh, potentially, mm-hmm. not saying that the, that this is not this is just just conjecture. This is not me saying that this is what I believe or anything, but. There are a lot of things that point to the potential that those pyram- great pyramids actually predate the Egyptians, and that they just uh, um, usurped them, huh? Usurped them? Yeah, took that's, them over. Yes, I like that word. Yeah. Usurped. 
I'm going to put that into my there vernacular. You Thank go. you. They were pretty knowledgeable. Commandeered. Yeah, they're pretty knowledgeable, and but it could be that they learned uh, from the, the people that potentially uh, that made the, the pyramids. Um, and that's why, um, well, because part of that theory is um, the reason they, w- that's the reason that they won't let you go into s- certain parts of those pyramids uh, and, and they won't let a lot of these archeologists go further. Cause there's uh, secret knowledge in there because there's secret knowledge in there that points to um, the fact that the Tell Egyptians you. didn't actually build it, that it was built before when they could bury um, somebody and their bodies could last for years. Yeah. They have yeah. a good knowledge. Yeah. Of well, somebody there's some kind of secret knowledge that they learned. Yeah. Right. And um, it could have been from this previous, um, civilization that was there and also the sphinx that's that's what's really interesting uh next to the those three pyramids right the, mm-hmm. the three main pyramids that where the great pyramid is anyway because there's a lot of pyramids in egypt um but there's the sphinx and the sphinx has a human face currently but there the belief is that that was actually uh redone because the the head doesn't quite fit the body right so um through their further archaeological discovery. That's a, that's a mouthful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they have uh, uh, come up with the conjecture that it actually was a lion's head on there originally, uh, but because of that uh, particular king's uh, or pharaoh's um, narcissism, he's like, put my face on there. Uh, and then eventually, you know, the uh, they had a lot of water, a lot of rains came, uh, and that's what eventually uh, wore away the, the face as, uh, as we see it today, and then that's what also caused the nose to actually collapse because it wasn't... So, so is it not true that Napoleon shot the nose off of the Sphinx? <laughs> that's what I... Like, legit, I that's, I heard that's something a folk... Like there's that, yeah, a, yeah there's I've, a, I've heard of folklore that, that Napoleon shot the nose off maybe, the Sphinx. Maybe, right? We don't, we don't know. Uh, That'd be interesting. We need to get a time machine, Marty. So, so, <laughs> yeah. so that means that... The reason the government is saying not to go in there—that means that then a booby trap, or you're gonna go in there and get murdered by a curse or something, we you know? Have. Well, maybe not. Um, you could. That's not. No, but there's potential for all kinds all. of things. <laughs> that's true. But that the true. An, um, there's another theory with the with the pyramids as well because um, they were um, not tombs. They found this out that there's there's there are no tombs within the pyramids. They're not. For sarcophagus, sarcophaguses, is that how you say it? Sarcophagi. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> how do you may you say multiple? Huh? Sarcophagi. Is yeah. that right? So okay. I guess it's not the way the movies put it, right? No. Yeah, so there, no. there are no uh, mummies in the collective of the pyramids. Um, but <laughs> the most interesting thing about them is because of the pattern between the three main pyramids that we know that they're the most famous um, is how. The uh, the rooms are situated between each other, and and how much there's interconnectivity between the three. Uh, the possibility that there there is a, a big water um, like aqueduct, another, another chamber under them. Yes, really. Um, and the, the belief is that it's a perfect mock-up uh, of a lar- on a large, much larger scale of what Tesla rediscovered. It's a power source. Yes, as free energy. Yep. What? Yeah, it's been a long time. Right? That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I <laughs> don't like the ley lines. Who knows, kind of man? Yeah. That's possible. nuts. And That's so, nuts. yeah, and, and uh, uh, furthermore, like no, the, some of the, the dials that are that were, have been found yeah. in there, the, 
it looks like wheels that actually turn on and off oh, really? a machine as opposed to going in. Uh, it's not a door handle. Yeah. It looks like something that actually turns on and off like wow. an on and off switch. So there was a po- high potential for free electricity flowing throughout wow. what is now Egypt. They had indoor plumbing. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, uh, the aqueducts. <laughs> yes. That's uh, all it is. It's just a flusher. Just, <laughs> aqueducts we're, we're are part of. it bigger than it actually is, but it's really just a huge <laughs> toilet. And, and flush. It could be a bidet. I don't know. A bidet. There you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but an aqueduct does uh, indicate potential plumbing. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. They, they may have very well had that. because I mean, that's what the Romans did, right? Yeah. The Romans actually, uh, uh, and um, that was actually a rediscovery. Yeah. So yeah, if you go wow. back for a thousand years That's before crazy. the Roman Empire, yeah. there were aqueducts. There were, but people forgot, right? Because it only takes right. one generation. That's well, it. Rome and they didn't have the internet to, to search on all over the world, so they learned a lot from a lot of different That's true. countries. Yeah, well, that's how they keep us. Uh, how to say this? Yes, sir. Ignorant. Yes. Yes, sir. I agree. Naive. Uh-huh. Like we yep. have way better potential than what we have. Mm-hmm. Well, there's way back. I don't remember. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and watch the video again. But there was a series that I watched on Netflix about like ancient civilizations and how um, this. I can't remember his name, but he catches a lot of heat because people think he's a kook um, with all these different. Like he believes that that human civilization goes further back than just the Ice Age. Mm-hmm. And that there are these like I think it absolutely does civilizations and things like that that they have found that they're like oh well this should not exist because of the archaeological connection that they have this should not exist here at this time you know what I mean for mm-hmm. these for these uh, like per our archaeological understanding it this was should like not too exist advanced for the people that was right. There. So they found, um, he went and uh, looked at some of the chambers, but there is this cave system that has literally been hewn and carved in this mountain, and it goes 18 stories down. Mm. And he theorizes, because he believes, I don't know if he's a believer or not, like as far as like uh, like a Christian or anything, but he does believe in like a cataclysmic world flooding event. And his theory is that because in the Bible you find that Nephilim existed after the flood as well mm-hmm. as before the flood, that potentially these were chambers that were created during this time previous to the flood that they were able to seal off because there is an there is a natural aqueduct underneath this cave, and they've literally been able to drill holes all the way down that are about that wide so that you can drop like and for the audio listeners that's about oh yeah foot about, and a half. about about <laughs> foot and a half yeah about 20 uh yeah 18 inches or so i believe it because yeah. you saw how the vietcons used to fight yeah. waters underground that's true and that was and that's a short amount of time right yeah. that was like like 10 years or so because the french were there and then we were there and and, and you're they, talking how they learned those things right it must have been from somewhere, somewhere back in the past yeah and it took it took Noah a very long time to build the ark, right? Mm-hmm. And so during that time, if he's building an ark, and he's giving this knowledge that it's going to that the Lord has said it's going to rain, and the humans around him were like, "You're an idiot," but then those of them who were in the know were like, 
oh, well, we need to make preparations. With that knowledge that God gave Noah, that knowledge went on. Yeah. To other. Yeah. yeah. Well, and yeah. And until the modern Roman calendar, uh, who knows how they actually measure time or if the, because we, we see it, uh, it, we read it in the, we read it in the Bible as, yep. as was, were a hundred years. Well, what was a hundred years to them? Because they, right. we don't, long, have no idea. How long was their day? We only know how we measure time <laughs> yeah. right. based on the modern Roman calendar. I say modern Roman well, because it's, Egyptians, it's still modern yeah. based on all of history, right? The Egyptians, they knew about time. Yeah, well, I mean, back. the Mayans, yeah. the Mayans yeah. had a calendar that they yeah. ran Yeah, off that's what I'm saying. Had multiple, it had multiple tiers of understanding and like, yeah. And it was, and it, it's all measured differently, but still universal. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. It drives me nuts. When I'm watch when I'm watching a show, and I love watching ancient aliens and stuff like that, but it does yeah, drive ancient me, astronaut theorists say yes, yes, <laughs> it does drive me a little crazy when I'm watching one of those shows, or especially if I'm watching a show where there's a lot of skeptics and they're like, humans just did not have the engineering or the know-how to be able to do that, and I'm like, if if per their understanding, and let's you know. Let's just say on an evolutionary scale, if we have been homo sapiens for 20,000 years as we have been right now, what difference in creativity would we have had then than what we have now? I mean, we are literally creating new technological devices every day. And you're saying that a civilization that didn't want something to happen couldn't make it happen? Right, because the timeline used to be for, uh, just in our lifetime, yeah, used to be eighteen months to new technology. Yeah, now they're like you said, every day now, every new day. technology is coming. Yeah, I mean, just think of how to, rapid we're coming how, up now. How, how long rapid did it did used to take then? us to build a house? Oh, no time now. No time now. They can three D print them. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, legitimately. They, yeah, now they build them over there in the factory, and they bring the walls and, and they, they put slap them it right together. There. Yeah, that's what was they it? did they, in New York. They, they wait. Also, they wait just long enough for the concrete to get hard, mm-hmm. and then boom. And when they three D print them, guess what? They don't need mortar. That's yeah. It. That's Everything we, we looks back at that stuff, and yeah. they, they yeah. said, "How did they build them without mortar?" And then now we're three D printing them. And, and exactly. you know, thinking about I find it exactly. cheaply made, but yeah, they're getting cheap on <laughs> anyway. everything. Cars, uh, anyway. you know, cars, houses—they're all getting cheap made. It's nuts. It's and and to think that we have not had the intellects to be able to design those things for thousands of years. That's what frustrates me. I'm like it doesn't make any sense how our our ability to reason and our ability to create and our ability to figure out the logical processes. I mean, just based on like simple drawings from like Leonardo da Vinci from 600 plus years ago. He has a flying machine. He has a tank. He has a submarine. Based so, on the technology of the of the of that, that particular time. time frame, yeah. And that's not even saying that he wasn't inspired by something previous to him. Yeah, he said he could have seen something. Had to yeah. come from somewhere. Well, yeah. The, well, you know that. Well, he was lost in a cave for with, like a long time too. You know they're going to come up with new stuff every day because you're intelligent. You have kids. You're going to teach your kids, and they're going to be more intelligent than you. Yep, hopefully. And yep. they're going to come out with something new. Right. Or they're just going to, re- yeah, absolutely. They're just going to, even if they're not smarter, they're going to reverse engineer what we've done, and then they're just going to plug in an extra widget. 
Yeah. And they're going to go, oh, look, we've advanced, which is true. Like, look at these kids now forward. with the computers. Oh, yeah. These young little kids. My 14-year-old my can write code. I'm like, bro, when I was in high school, I'm lucky I could write. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Same with me. I got thrown out. <laughs> you get thrown out of That's everywhere. Nothing <laughs> That's nothing new. That's it. Uh, one more thing to, to think about, and and and, and I'll and I'll, I'll leave it at this. It's uh, every just about every major city yeah. uh, in the United States has buildings that look much older than the rest of the town. Sure, right. Just about all of those major cities also have a great fire story of uh, story that happened in them in the early uh, early mid or late eighteen hundreds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But then these cities rebuilt in almost no time Mm -hmm. and um, built these great structures Mm -hmm. that they say are built in the, you know, 1830s, 1840s, 1890s, whatever. I mean, just, and there's there's no way. Yeah. Just look at Chicago, like the great Chicago fire Mm -hmm. devastated. I mean, miles of Uh, Chicago, the great Indianapolis fire. Yeah. Started by supposedly started by a pigeon with a match. Yep. And now you got Hawaii. And then, yeah. Oh yeah. uh, my goodness. Uh, I think it, it's somewhere on the West Coast. But there's a there's a city in the West Coast that said that the, their city fire was uh, started by a paddle boat that crashed into another paddle boat, which crashed into a much larger paddle boat that went ashore and crashed into a bunch of buildings and caused a fire that burnt the whole city. Wow. How many? That is how boats? silly these stories get. So how old are these buildings? <laughs> yeah. Right? I'm going to leave it. I'm going to let that... Let that simmer for you, so you have time to really think about it when we when we revisit some the truth is out there, part mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is something to really think about. Yep. Lucky it wasn't a whale that popped out of the water and hit one of the paddle boats. <laughs> <laughs> but it, some guy isn't that Australia. isn't that crazy? I, th- I think it might be Portland, but don't quote yeah. me. I, but it's just it's one of those West Coast oh cities. It's a lot of. But, but could could you imagine, Louis, uh, uh, for Indianapolis? That, I mean, as crazy as that is, a pigeon just flying around with, or a bird rather, yeah. flying with, around with a match, and that's what starts lit, a great fire with a lit match. I mean, and all it did what was that? Uh, dove brought back an olive branch. So, <laughs> <laughs> just saying, they could pick up a match. You're welcome, that's Alan. True. Uh, that's true. You got, you got dove, dove pigeons that run into planes and what's make the plan? Them yeah, what's the plan? But we what's the likelihood that? <laughs> A bird with a match. It's just like, oh yeah, I, mean, hey, look, I know how to use a match. It's more likely that some spencer sneezed and her candle fell off of her headstand <laughs> and burnt her curtains, and that's what started. Yeah, it. and she's like, I saw it. It was a bird with it a was match. A bird with a match. That's probably what it is. Somebody's just telling a tall tale it's because they didn't want to get in trouble. It's probably a joke. They made it a probably. Joke. probably. But it, it's what's know. wild is how ev- just about every major city has a great fire story. Yeah. Yeah. They do. And, and Indianapolis in particular. And a good one too. It, new Indianapolis, current Indianapolis, is built on top of old Indianapolis. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. a tunnel system. It's yep. crazy. And there's a lot of the major cities have that too. Yep. So, Same yeah. Let that too. simmer. And we're going to go into. Let's see if we could go down there and see if we could find some gold. There are the catacombs. They actually have uh, tours. Yeah, under, under the but they only go certain stuff. places. Yeah. Yep. But it goes all over the, the oh, entire there is a tunnel. City there America. is a tunnel system that runs. I think it's newer, uh, as in within the, probably like the last 50, 60 years, I think. But there is a tunnel system that runs from like the Indiana Government Center underneath the state house and into like the mall and stuff like that. And then there's doors. There's doors off of Oh yeah, it goes to goes to Tech High School too. Yeah. 
Yep. Yes. Mm. Where I went to high school. Interesting. Uh, Arsenal Technical High School, for those of you who want to look it up and find out about the, the Indianapolis tunnels. Very interesting. Let's yep. go visit the, the school and see what I'll send you the link, the Lou. Doors. I'll send you the link. Ghost hunting. Uh, <laughs> but I, I talk about these fires for a reason because uh, some um, some fires policy. happened during uh, a mostly peaceful protests. Do you remember those? Mostly peaceful. Mostly protests. peaceful protests. You know, Are these uh, the mostly peaceful protests from like three years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so that brings us to our first story mostly. of the evening. Uh, well, evening for us, for rest of you, who knows? Um, but whenever you're watching or listening, uh, the Washington Free Beacon. Uh, inside Black Lives Matter, long history with Hamas-friendly activists. Black Lives Matter chapters across the country made waves last week when they excused and explained away Hamas's attack on Israel. Uh, a coalition of 26 local chapters called the attacks a desperate act of self-defense. Oh, mm. uh, the Chicago chapter uh, uh, shared an image glorifying Hamas gunmen and paragliders before walking it back amid blowback. And the movement's Phoenix branch praised Hamas, quote, freedom fighters for their acts of, quote, resistance. Uh, echoing this rhetoric uh, are two Hamas friendly groups, American Muslims from Palestine and the Council, surprise, surprise, and the Council uh, for American Islamic Relations that have nearly a decade worked arm in arm with the Black Lives Matter organization to plan rallies and lobby lawmakers. The groups are united by an oppressed oppressor, quote, oppressed oppressor narrative that helps them destroy society, end quote, according to the Heritage Foundation's uh, Mike Gonzalez. Quote, they see Israel as a kind of mini-me of the West and America. So they call Israel um, Little Satan yeah, and America Big Satan. That's that's how they view uh, those countries. So they believe in Satan? <laughs> yeah. They must. Well, they Islam does. Yeah, Islam, they do have, they have Satan, they have Lucifer in their, uh, in the uh, Quran. Uh, uh, okay, and God's. Do we have the same God or do we have different gods? They call they call God Allah uh, that for their version of God. But is it the same God? I don't think so. Uh, I don't know so, but I don't think so. I mean, the way we, I mean, the way Christians believe is very different from the way. Uh, so they have a different Muslims God believe. than what we have. Uh, the way he their acts God, and, and God is Allah. That's what they call God. Two. Yeah, that's their word for God. So Allah is the one that um, teaches them to kill and destroy and bomb. Uh, well, their prophet, Muhammad. So oh, Muhammad. Yeah. Muhammad uh, is kind of their version of Jesus, if that's the best parallel that they have for that, uh, for, for Christianity anyway. Uh, Muhammad didn't uh, have death, burial, and resurrection. He just, when he died, he died. Um, he also had a six-year-old wife, but that's uh, neither here nor there. Um, people like that we need to get rid of. Yeah, well, uh, he he didn't he didn't resurrect like Jesus did. So um, we'll be drawing pictures of Muhammad later. Starting uh, <laughs> uh, is good for that. You're in on that, right, Don? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll get starting it now. Um, but uh, going back to <laughs> what Gonzalez was saying uh, for the Washington Free Beacon, he, uh, he said. Quote, uh, they hate the West. Jerusalem is one of the founding blocks of Western uh, thought. Uh, so if they're going to hate the West, they have to hate Israel. End quote. 
American Muslims for Palestine, whose uh, board includes a man, Salah Sarsour, uh, who helped raise funds uh, for Hamas f- uh, front group in the late 1990s, declared itself, quote, firmly in solidarity with black Americans, end quote, and demanded, quote, justice for George Floyd. When we're invoking that spirit again, uh, <laughs> in 2020, uh, it, it organized Black Lives Matter rallies in Dallas in 2020, and the following year corresponded a rally in front of the Lincoln Memorial to de- demand the Biden administration to sanction Israel. So here we have um, an organization, not talking about Black Lives in particular, because that's separate. Uh, we want to separate, for those who don't know, you got to separate the organization from the people. But are they working, ain't they working together? The, these organizations are, yes. Organization and or terrorist group that's uh, Hamas. Um, Black Lives Matter, the organization, is corrupt. It is a money laundering scheme for three uh, uh, lesbian women who happen to also be black. Uh, they took all the money. They didn't actually put it in back into the black community at all. There is there is not one thing that the black uh, that the Black Lives Matter move, uh, organization, not the movement, the organization did with their money to help the black community. And they they used they used all of that money, all, to either give to themselves or give to Democrat candidates. How does that help anyone? Because I'll tell you right now, the Democrat candidates are not here to help you. They're here to line their pockets as much as they can. And there are Republicans, too. Um, that's not to say that they're, they're, they're not. Not all of them are perfect. Yeah, because politicians are still politicians at the end of the day. Um, but the fact that they're supporting Hamas um, with these atrocities is gut-wrenchingly yeah, sick. That's crazy. I call them sick. They're a bunch of sick people. That's what they are. When they're going out there killing and beheading people and and raping women, they got to be sick, low lives. And I'll say it, and if they don't like it, I live here in Indianapolis, come and get me. But you're a bunch of low lives. Well, what doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me about all of that rhetoric, right, is that Black Lives Matter is supporting the, the organization, organization. Yeah, is supporting another organization that is in support of a terrorist attack that is not even being organized. At least, if if I'm, I may be mistaken, uh, but it's not. It's not even a terrorist attack that's being organized by the Palestinian people because Hamas, if I'm not mistaken, has also been led and funded by Iran. Yes. So they're not even Palestinian. I mean, they may be Palestinians who have, or they may be people who have lived in the Palestinian culture. They may be have there lived may be, in Israel. There may be They've people of Palestinian uh, descent that yes, are in that Hamas. that are in Hamas, but... By and large, Hamas is being supported by Iran, and they are killing men, women, and children of both Israeli and Palestinian and, at this point, American Americans, yeah. citizenship. And probably more than that, but I just mean, like, 
to me, I mean, obviously, we are living in a world that is extremely corrupt mm -hmm. and is just blind to a lot of incredibly evil things. But Either it they're is, blind or they close their eyes yes, to what is going on. It it is it is incredibly. I'm just I'm just gobsmacked by the idea that you would be a part of an organization, that you would lead an organization that at one point in time may have had a foundational cry for help because of certain injustices that were handled incorrectly to then turn around and say, all of that being said, we really are okay with what's going on in Israel. Like, I, it's just crazy. I literally have no words to the even Russians make sense of that. Iran too, no? Ain't the Russians help? Uh, they're in, they yeah. they are yeah. I think they're in, in they're in you know secret shadowy. Well, they're they're openly open the longest help yeah, okay. even yeah. when they they were giving them weapons even to attack Americans. Well, and some of those weapons yeah. uh, that I, Iran got that they then American handed weapons. over yeah. uh, to Hamas. Guess where they got those American weapons from? Ukraine. Which means Ukraine sold them to, them to to Iran, and then Iran then handed them over to Hamas to arm them, and sent them in as pawns, so that they could start this war. And I bet you Biden knows about it too. Oh, um, certainly he does. I mean, he probably at least got a paycheck from it. Well, he probably yeah. knew about it and already forgot. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> um, listen, any any loss of life is a tragedy. Yeah. Period. Yes, if you're, you're making right. a profit off of someone losing losing their life in in many different disgusting, terrible ways, and people are somehow supporting that, there's something definitely wrong. Yeah, and that l leads us right into our second article, because it 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 ties right into our first um, coming from the New York Post. 2024 GOP candidates condemn Biden's 100 million dollar pledge to Palestinians, uh, and not because it has to do with uh, Palestinians themselves as individuals, but because that, that money, money is fungible. And so because it's fungible, they can be used for whatever. And likely that money will be stolen by Hamas. And then Hamas will use it to fund themselves. Wow. And we're in a worse pickle than, than we are in already. So GOP presidential candidates largely condemned president Biden's pledge to give 100 million uh, to Palestinians amid the Israel Hamas war arguing the money will likely fall into the hands of the terrorists, because it likely will. Uh, the president promised to fund the Palestinian uh, territories, including the uh, approximately 2 million residents in Gaza, in a speech in Israel uh, Wednesday. The Gaza Strip is a landmass surrounded by Israel, and which is uh, Israel is about the size of Jersey. Yeah. To for, yeah. for those that are trying it's to figure out. Country. Yeah, very small country. But they are mm. badasses. Pardon my language. <laughs> um, uh, Israel uh, and Egypt and is controlled by the terror group Hamas, uh, which launched a deadly attack on the Jewish state on October 7th, killing uh, at least 1,300 Israelis and 31 Americans. Yeah. You wonder why America is involved. That one is too many. Um, so Biden's 100 million would go to the West Bank in Gaza, uh, the president said, and is intended to support more than 1 million displaced and con conflict-affected Palestinians, including emergency needs in Gaza. 
that you know that that money is going to get reallocated. But uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former President Donald Trump, former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, and North Dakota Governor uh, Doug Burgum all said they are vehemently opposed to the U.S. funding the Gaza Strip due to the presence of Hamas. While conservative entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy denounced Biden's reported request for additional $100 billion for foreign wars and former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie called the funding low priority. Um, but <laughs> here we go again. We're funding both sides of a war. Um, because we have we have a, 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 an American um, aircraft carrier sitting between Hamas and Israel. I mean, it's literally just big enough to fit that aircraft carrier. I mean, that's how small this body of water is. Um, and they actually, um, Hamas, uh, or it's believed to have been Hamas. We actually don't know who shot the missile. It's, it's also potential that this cruiser, it was a cruiser missile that was shot, um, I think it was uh, Thursday this week. Um, they not not for sure if it was aimed at Israel or the aircraft carrier. The aircraft carrier, American aircraft carrier, actually took the cruiser missile down. Um, but the idea that it, because it was a cruiser missile, they're not thinking it was Hamas because Hamas doesn't have weapons that are that good. Let's be yeah. honest. They're, yeah. they're supposedly the oppressed, right? They're, yeah. they, they don't, they, so their, their stuff is handcrafted. Um, and so cruiser missiles would likely come from Iran. Um, but then we've got yet another potential war stirring up. Sounds a whole lot like, um, all these different countries coming after Israel. Um, hmm. Seems like I've, I've read that before. What about you, Don? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, uh, I think, um, in several different areas in the old Testament for sure. I pair that up with the Euphrates, uh, drying up, um, the fresh water going into oh the dead gosh. sea. Yeah. Uh, mm. it just seems to kind of all be, Barreling towards a particular future yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's already been written down. Now uh, we got to also worry about China maybe going into Taiwan, you know, and we're going to have three wars. Well, wars and rumors How of wars. we're going to support every one of them, you know. We're already broke as it is. We're going to keep pouring more money and more money until we run out of money. Yeah, because, yeah. <laughs> That's then, exactly then what could happen. We'll have no money, and then they'll decide to come and start attacking us. So, yeah, it's crazy to me it's to potential. think. It's crazy to me to think that we literally just spent a hundred million dollars. Well, billions went to Ukraine. So. I know, but I'm just saying, like in general, numbers are arbitrary at this point. I know, know. but it's just nuts. <laughs> like, like Living with the mentality of pulling the plank out of our own eye before we pull the splinter out of our brothers. I'm not saying that we are an impoverished nation by any means whatsoever. But do we really have, when we have, what what's our national debt to now at this point? Too high. Uh, arbitrary. How about homeless people? <laughs> and, and we're spending $100 million to help Again, this is not this is not by any means me saying that we should not be helping people who have been 
like whose homes have been taken away from them because of the acts of terrorism. I that is one hundred percent something we should be doing. But you know what else is interesting with that, Don? To, to piggyback right off of that, yeah, go for it. Hawaii, yes, right in Mau- Maui, yes. Investigate Maui. Um, yeah, you want the, you- those families, uh, the ones that lived that made it through that yeah. great fire. Um, only got a check for seven hundred dollars. That's going to make it all better, right? You know, it's funny uh, when um, when President Donald Trump was in office and we had the hurricane go through Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. And there was a misunderstanding. He didn't understand that Puerto Rico was an American territory. And you know what? But I understand also I, I, that the mayor from Puerto Rico yeah. was stealing all the money and hiding all the stuff that they were sending out, that toilet paper and all right. that. Yeah. He was hiding it in a, in a storage room right. and not giving it to the public. And to the public found out what he was doing, and they raided those Right, absolutely. Yeah, and Trump had to go down there. Right, mm-hmm. and and that's my thing. Like, those wrongs were rectified to become right. Hawaii is a state. Puerto Rico is a territory, right? Mm-hmm. It Like, I'm not saying that Puerto Rico is any more or less important, but if we're going to treat Puerto Rico with as much importance and significance as we have, why are we not also treating Hawaii with that same level of significance? Yes, and then, and also, what does in that same mil- line, what does a hundred million dollars do for Hawaii? That because a lot more than seven hundred dollars a piece. Exactly. That because Oprah's buying everything and yeah. making sure that nobody gets anything yeah. over there. Yeah, but it's her. crazy. But along that same line of thinking, why why is this much money going to Palestinians for home displacement in a country that's not us? Yeah. And again, if we want to work something out to be able to help people who've been displaced. I think that that's a great effort. It is a great effort. But we also have issues. We have current issues that are our own issues. Yes. That's, yeah. yeah. Like the poor, the the homeless, the, the people starving and welfare, you know. And we don't fix none of those problems here. We just I mean, just the potholes in Indianapolis is all I'm saying. Like, oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> but they, they, they yeah. talk about the humanity of it. Oh, the humanity of it. Okay, well, because you know the humanitarian yeah. side of things, humanitarian yeah. certainly. But what what's going on over there is war. Yes. Let's think about war in the lens of all of history. America is the first country that in in modern history that I know of that goes in, conquers, sweeps everything up, and goes here. You go. You can have your stuff back. What? You know how it used to work? When a yeah. place was conquered, take over, take over, take over. This is you were now. kept. Yep. You were part of that now. How do you think the Roman Empire got so big? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how do you think the Ottoman Empire got so big? Even just in recent history, the British Empire. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, obviously, I know that, you know, over the last 150 years, that has started dwindling down because of the Commonwealth, but even still, like, <laughs> they, a lot of we country- had a war in 1812. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> Andrew like, Jackson, thank you. Yeah, yeah. A lot of countries now. say that the United States wouldn't had no war in their own country. That's a lie. We had our wars here. Yeah, we had the British War. We had the Civil War. Yep. So well, we for, we had wars in our country in our land. So they can't say that 
we don't know what war is about. No, we, we, we definitely know war, that. and we know sacrifice. Uh, but yeah. we had a well, civil war, uh, the bloodiest bloodiest war that uh, in, in recorded history, as far as I know. Um, but th- that's, that's what I'm saying. Conquer and keep was the name of the game until America said, no, 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 yeah. we're going to do better. So if we're going to continue to do better, at least think when you think about what's going on with the Palestinians, think about it in the whole of history, not just what's going on now. I know that your heart pours out for them and mine does too. But uh, at the end of the day, when it comes to our sovereignty and America as a country, we have to think about America first and Americans first. And we cannot be the world's cleanup crew. Because that's not our role. That's not our place. Well, yeah. I will say in the same respect, though, what do you do about 34 Americans who've been killed in terrorist attacks in another country that's, that's why there's an, an ally air, country? That's, where, that's why there's an aircraft carrier sitting over there saying, right now. Yeah. yeah. And, and so it's a, one it's a hard balance. That's the other thing. It is, it is a hard balance. How do you get in war over there without getting in war with everybody? Because you have not only Hamas, you have Hezbollah, you have uh, yeah. the uh, I can't remember the name of those people, the the Iranian group. Uh, the no, the 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 I think I want to say they're called the Hitus. It's something like that. There's so many tribes over there that that are are just wanting to war with each other. Uh, they started with just throwing rocks. So <laughs> this is how long they've been fighting. You know, uh, it's nothing new to them, and we're we're somehow catching ourselves in the middle. Uh, we did get f- five of our um, people back. Hostages. Hostages, yes. Thank you. Um, and that'll be a work in progress. But hopefully we can just continue that and then um, just leave the carrier there. You know, I don't know. Maybe we maybe we can do like when we pull out of Afghanistan. Just, you know, it just kind of stays <laughs> just there. Just leave the Humvees. <laughs> let, let it, you know, whatever happens with it. We uh, left the cars. We goes, took and, the keys. We just. <laughs> it, like you said. Uh, a lot of countries back then were to take over land and conquer and con- keep and conquer countries and keep them like Spain did with Puerto Rico. Yeah. Lucky. And the Philippines. We got yeah. the United States to come and get them out. Once again, if yeah. it wasn't in, for the United States, we would have been still slaves in, in Puerto Rico. Came in, conquered yeah. and then gave it back to the people. Mm-hmm. You don't hear about that anywhere else. Anywhere else, not 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 in a single other country that's done that. Like so you want to talk about? Look at Vietnam. They gave it back to the people. They could have won that war. They could have taken it, but they gave they, it back. They would have had to. They would have had to blow it to smithereens to do it, but they could have. Yeah. You talk about humanitarian. I think it's pretty darn humanitarian. Where are we at on time there, uh, Ryan? One hour thirty five minutes. Okay. Well. Counting is hard, okay? <laughs> His numbers keep moving. Uh, I'm glad I'm not back there. I got thrown out of school. So, <laughs> with that, I think it's uh, safe to say that we could probably get a closing prayer done. And, well, we'll huh? You're missing your video. Yeah, your lady. Uh, well, I, I don't think, I think we'll have to save that well, next for, for next week because we, we really are digging into uh, uh, all of time. Um, yeah, and I just don't think there's enough time to both watch and discuss that video. So we'll, if we don't have it next week, um, uh, maybe we'll we'll do it with uh, Rodriguez Rants or something an like that. Interesting, video. very interesting, and and uh, and and hopefully you stick around for 
uh, one of our other shows. We'll, we'll put that video out with one of our other shows this week, hopefully. Anyhow, Don. Let's do it. Prayer. Let's do it. Father God, we just thank you so much for uh, our time together. Lord, we ask that you would just continue uh, to have your hand over us. Lord God, continue to give us opportunities to be a reflection of Jesus in people's lives. Father, that we could be uh, light in the darkness, that we could uh, be the city on a hill, Lord God, that we could continue uh, to see uh, your your plan work, Lord God, your will work, and that we could be the hands and feet. Lord, you call us to be the harvesters in the field, Lord, uh, but we also ask that you would continue to plant seeds, Lord, seeds of hope, seeds of joy, uh, seeds of repentance, Lord God, uh, seeds of forgiveness, Lord God, that you would just continue to allow us uh, to see your kingdom grow. Uh, we ask that you would have your hand over your people, Lord God, um, that your uh, that your that your home in Israel, Lord God, that it would be protected, that it would be safe, Lord God, that your glory would be seen, that your victory would be had, Lord God, over your people. And we just thank you so much for the time and the opportunity, Lord, to come together uh, to talk about uh, your word, to dive into your word, Lord God, and to continue to grow closer to you. Uh, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 That was the man who brought the part one of That's a right. series, the message this week. That's right. The golden voice himself, Don Martyr. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, sir. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the phenomenal conversation. Yeah, this has I been love an it. episode. I love it. I, I, I can't wait to see the next part. And like, I love how I, I feel like Sterling and I need to like work together and tag team off these <laughs> bad boys and just bounce things off each other. So, I, I, well, There's I think so much depth to it. It is. Yeah, yeah. it would take hours. Yeah. It, yeah. it definitely would, but I, I also think anything. that the the separation of the of the powers also makes it even more interesting because then it's like it's true. What, it's it's yeah. more impactful a lot of times because it's like oh yeah that connects here and that mm -hmm. connects here yeah. and oh wow we talked about that but it was in a completely different vein and so yeah. it helps with our consistent viewers it gives them something else to look like they can make them come their dots too and yeah yeah, yeah. Come back. <laughs> you gotta gotta stick around Keep right. tuning in <laughs> that's it. Uh, no, the, the man who told you to keep tuning in. <laughs> Louis over there, he's just like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, he's, he's, he's ready to roll. Um, <laughs> we had our, the perfect producer on this week, and uh, his name is Sterling Metcalf Allen. Everybody loves him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> thanks for having me, Josh. Yeah, thanks for uh, sitting in. And uh, I know that you're in on this subject uh, wholeheartedly because yeah, we, we've discussed it quite a bit. But we try to save as much of it for the pod as we can for you guys. That's it. Uh, it's just, it's really difficult because you're like, I really want to talk about it. <laughs> and don't, so. don't come next week with, and show your sexy legs. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, he's not, he's not wearing the, uh, the uniform, right? The, no, yeah, he's right. Right. Long long pants. pants. Well, at least it's not sport shorts. Yeah, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, Louis, what Louis is saying Next is time. we didn't know that we had Fetterman in here. And so. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he's got a hoodie and shorts. I got a hoodie on today too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so do you. So I guess hoodie, hoodies crazy all around. People to Washington. That's right. Yeah. Hoodies all around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, we got our good friend Louis Rodriguez. He's the host of Rodriguez Rants. Uh, thank you for joining us, Lou. Thank you for having me. It was a great pleasure. Thanks for uh, chipping in all your questions this week, man. That's, that's yeah. really, that's like and statements too, because it, it furthered our conversation. We had we've we've uh, we've really really had a good one this time. I'm telling you guys, uh, if you if you fast forwarded through anything, you need to watch the whole episode. I'm telling you, and yeah. share it with your friends because sharing is caring. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Don't do it like I do. 
<laughs> that's that's because Louis has a short attention span, and that's why he sometimes falls asleep the show, on the pot. So what? There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but we love him, and that's why he's here. <laughs> I'll let you know when they decide they want to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been your host. Of faith in politics, Joshua Cummins. Yay! Reminding you that the truth is out there, and uh, you guys just please, please, please stay in trouble. We'll see you next week. Don't forget to comment. Deuces. Bye.